630 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome uh, to the show for this week. Uh, at least the weather was nice yesterday. The game wasn't all that bad. It was kind of entertaining through the first half, and the Elks kept it close, even had a lead for a while, but they're now 0-3 on the season, 19 straight losses at home. The early season hole gets a little bit deeper for the Elks. 43-31, the final score. They lose to the Toronto Argonauts on, as I mentioned, a beautiful day at Commonwealth Stadium. Late yesterday afternoon, early into the evening, the Elks led 7-0. They led 14-7. They ended the shutout streak at just under 93 minutes, but they couldn't hang on to it. Uh, there were some bright spots in the game despite the loss. Jared Dagey, uh, when he got a chance to play in the third and fourth at quarterback, was good. Uh, C.J. Sims was electrifying in the return game. Vincent forbes Blue gets his first two career CFL touchdowns, and Stephen Dunbar Jr. gets going with his first big game as an Elk. Uh, 98 yards in receiving for him. A lot of the points and yards came late after the Argos may have taken their foot off the gas just a little bit, but there were bright spots, and that's what the Elks will build on moving forward. On the other side of things, quarterback issues continued. Taylor Cornelius, Kai Loxley, and Daigie all played yesterday. Loxley came in for Cornelius in the third quarter, took one snap, fumbled it, and then never saw the field again, and today he was released by the club. There's obviously a deeper story to this that uh, might get out at a later point. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, that will bring, of course, Trey Ford back into the mix this coming week in Ottawa as far as the quarterbacks go. Uh, the biggest problem yesterday, though, hands down, easily, the third quarter. The Elks were outscored 8 to nothing in the third. More than anything, an absolutely disastrous third quarter was why they lost. Well, it started off the first offensive drive when we uh, extended the drive with the penalty there. Motion starts for Toronto as Kelly drops back. Some pressure's coming, and this time they got him, except the penalty flag comes out, and I think that uh, Jake Ceresda might get flagged. Major foul, roughing the passer, horse collar, horse collar tackle, excuse me. Edmonton number 94. We'll go up 15 yards from the previous line of scrimmage. It's going to be first down yeah. for Toronto. Chance to get off the football yeah. field, and now you have to stay on the field. Ceresna gets his third sack of the season taken off the board, and instead it's a first down for Toronto. The first drive in the third quarter uh, for them offensively when we gave them the penalty there because if we just go ahead and finish that play and get the sack with no penalty, then they're either kicking a long field goal or they're punting the football, and so uh, with an 18-17 ball game, you know, but instead we, we take the penalty and, and uh, you know, uh, about 75% of the time when you take a 15-yard penalty, they're going to score some kind of points and right. so it resulted in a touchdown and uh, and then after that it was just you know error after error let's gonna line up about five yards back of kelly who's five yards back of Siraco. there's the Handed to Ouellette, and or in not. he goes for a touchdown. 9.32 to go in the third quarter. Julian's about to kick it away. Four punts for a just under a 45-yard average so far today. He stands at his 30. E.J. Bird at his own 20 to wait for it. 
We've seen Julian really unload one since the first game of the year. Oh, blocked. He doesn't unload this one as it's partially blocked, and it'll bounce around and then roll towards the sidelines at the 40. And the Toronto Argonauts are going to get the short porch for this offensive series right around the Edmonton 40-yard line. There's the snap to Kelly. He'll hand it off and into the end zone for another touchdown. AJ hey, Olette's just getting greedy now. That's his third on the uh, evening. Uh, definitely disappointing uh, the way that we responded uh, in the second half. I think we got to grow in that area, but as a team, uh, not so much in the X's and O's, we're just being able to respond and do our adversity and to be able to respond when, when things aren't really going our way. Uh, it's kind of like we're getting a little funk, and it's hard for us to dig ourselves out of it. So definitely got to grow in that area. The Elks offense will go to work, and Kai Loxley is in at quarterback for the Edmonton Elks to start this series. Uh, Loxley had a really good preseason, put up some some pretty strong numbers, has been used on short yardage situations uh, through the first uh, two games, and now is getting a chance to operate the offense with Taylor Cornelius on the bench for Kai Loxley. So Loxley will go first and 10 from the 28. There's the snap. He pulls it down and can't find a handle. And his start is disastrous as he turns the football over on a fumble. And the Argos are just having too much fun right now. Yeah, they are. Just a poor exchange. Kyle Oxley and Kevin Brown. There's the snap. Ball is down. Kick is up. And true and through. And it's a 36-17 lead now for the Toronto Argonauts over the Elks. Three minutes and 56 seconds to go in the third quarter. And a frustrating, uh, not evening, not game, since the second half began. This has been a much different team. And so it's a long yard. Diggy with his jersey askew and his shoulder pads popping out is under center. He's going to go to the right side, pushes ahead, and I don't think he's going to get it. He does not get it, and the Elks will turn the ball over on down. So a promising drive ends in more frustration for the Edmonton Elks. 36-17, the Argos lead. Third quarter has been a disaster for the Elks. They've had a blocked punt. They've had a fumble. They've had a turnover on downs. And the Argos have taken advantage of everything. First and 10 from the 53 on their own side of center. There's the, the handoff and a nice run for another first down close to the Elks 45, just across the Elks 45. And that will bring to an end a horrible third quarter of play for the Elks. 36-17, they trail the Toronto Argonauts. We've got to play stronger football in the third quarter coming out of the uh, coming out of the after halftime. We've got to do a better job of playing solid football and that's been a, an Achilles uh, heel for us all year. Yeah, it sure has been an Achilles heel. The third quarter's been tough. The second half in the bigger picture has been tough. When you go back and, and look at the games, the three games the Elks have played this year, they were tied at 10 with Saskatchewan after the first half, lost that game. Failure to punch it in from the one, the big problem there. I believe that was late in the fourth quarter that incident uh nine nothing they're down at halftime in bc last week not certainly an insurmountable lead for the lions that's for sure and then yesterday 18 17 toronto led at the half elks right in it until 
everything, and I mean absolutely everything, went wrong for them in the third quarter. A block punt, a bad penalty, uh, a, a fumble, a turnover on downs. Uh, everything went wrong, and the Argos took advantage of it all and scored points in all those situations, be it touchdowns or a field goal. 18 points in the third quarter for the Argos. They turned an 18-17 game into a 36-17 game. Pretty much a laugher from that point on. That's when the Elks started to make the quarterback moves in the third quarter, and that's when that things went bad for, for Kai Loxley, who fumbled, and as we mentioned, today was released by the team, and uh, something happened. I don't think there's any doubt about that on the sidelines, because for the uh, move to come that drastic and that quickly after the incident last night, something definitely happened with Kai Loxley, who was down down the field by himself on the bench, was not engaging with his teammates, uh, was not involved in anything uh, going on with the Elks on the sidelines, and uh, after seeing that, not surprised that something happened today. So the Elks have released quarterback Kai Loxley. That means they'll activate Trey Ford, who will be on the roster for the game in Ottawa on Friday. 5.30 start, by the way, from Ottawa. 4 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff here on 6.30. Ched, uh, Josiah Shackle of the Alberta Golden Bears, drafted in the second round by the Calgary Stampeders last year, is now a member of the Edmonton Elks, signed by them today. Also signed, uh, he's a linebacker, by the way, also signed fullback Mario Villamazar. Uh, he played 40 games with the BC Lions and was on the market. He was signed today by the Elks as well. So the changes have begun as the Elks slip to 0-3 on the season. They've lost to Saskatchewan, BC, and now the Toronto Argonauts. They're in Ottawa. Two straight on the road now in Ottawa on Friday, then in Saskatchewan next Thursday night. Uh, another short week coming up for the Elks. They've got one this week. Uh, the Red Blacks are on a bye week this week, so they've got everything to their advantage except for the fact that they will not get their quarterback back. Jeremiah Masoli has been ruled out uh, in that game uh, coming up for the Red Blacks, so he will not return from injury. And uh, they also lost Devontae Dedman, who is out for the season with a shoulder injury as well. They're electrifying kick returner and receiver. So the Elks will go back to practice tomorrow, getting set for Friday's game in Ottawa. Who will start a quarterback? That's going to be the question. I imagine probably the first question that Chris Jones will face tomorrow uh, when he meets with the media after practice. It might be Jarrett Daigie. Uh, he might know already, guessing he won't tell us when we talk to him coming up after the break. It's the Elks this week on 630 Chet. Now, more football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. 36-17, the Argos lead just under four minutes to play in the third quarter. Yesterday, Chris Jones said that Jared Dagey is not on the roster by accident. He wasn't fooling around after one play with Kai Loxley and a fumble that led to a touchdown. Jared Dagey in at quarterback now for the Elks. Spent the first two games on the injured list. Has had a couple of really good weeks at practice. Now he gets a chance to operate. Diggy takes the snap, drops back. He'll throw over the top, and that's complete. Yes, complete yes, across is. the 50. That's a great way to start. Stephen Dunbar doesn't care who the quarterback is. He's been gobbling up passes all afternoon. There you go. That is the first pass by Jared Diggy in his uh, professional football career. The first of nine completions on 11 attempts. 163 yards and a couple of touchdowns as well. Both of them going to Vincent Ford. Mont Blue. So a pretty good debut for Jarrett Dagey in a bad situation for his team, but he came in and he made the most of it, and uh, he is joining us now on the Elks this week uh, to talk with us. Hey, Jarrett, thanks for your time tonight. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. 
Uh, tell me about uh, who you've heard from today. You had your first chance to play some professional football yesterday. Uh, how'd your phone do today? Yeah, a lot of close friends and family texted me, congrats, and, you know, just go take take advantage of your opportunity and um, just saying that they love me and um, they knew this was coming. Uh, yeah, they they knew it was coming. Uh, you're you're hoping it's coming. I know you're a very confident guy. You're moving forward, you've, you've you've got your plan going. Uh, tell me about getting into the game. How you how you found out about it? Who told you? And and what the situation was? And then how you felt as you're walking out there or running out there for the first series? Yeah, uh, Coach Jackson came up to me on the sideline. Just kind of came up to me and just said, "You're up." Um, so I just kind of warmed up my arm, warmed up my body. Um, and I felt confident going out there because I had prepared all week like I was the starter. Um, I played a lot of college football, um, so I know how to prepare. And I pride myself on preparation, um, and I think that helped me out a lot. They always say guys are one play away from getting in. You're kind of, I guess, two plays away from getting in. That's probably the hardest part for a guy in your position is to make sure you still prepare, not say, well, I'm going to be third on the totem pole here. It's Chances are I'm not going to get in. How difficult is it to make sure you focus all week long and prepare? Yeah, I think, you know, it's just a quarterback mentality. you got to be ready at any given moment. Um, and in the CFL, you have an 18-week season. So that's a lot of games and a, a lot of games for to be, have one quarterback. So I knew I, I needed to be ready for, you know, any given moment and when my opportunity was called. Uh, when we talked to you last night on, on the postgame show, you talked about your dad being a quarterback. Your brother also played in this league for a while, your brother Seth. Uh, you come from Texas, which is obviously football country, So, but obviously you've got a pretty big football family going on, so you're this is kind of your life. Yeah, my dad coached uh, high school football for about 30 years. My brother played college and professionally, and now he's a coach, so football runs in the blood in my family. And then once I'm done playing, I'm also going to coach. Um, so, you know, uh, basically football is our life, um, and, we, and my family does love uh, football. So your, your dad basically lived Friday Night Lights then, right? Yes. I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, being a ball boy on the sidelines. I had my own little locker when my brother was playing in high school. I would go out there and run routes with him and stuff. So, yeah, I've loved it ever since I, I could walk. That's cool. All right. Uh, I am, I know you guys had the day off today. I imagine, I don't know if you went in or not, but I imagine you looked at some, some video today. Uh, how have you evaluated your performance from yesterday? Yeah, I mean, uh, went in and watched it this morning uh, with all the guys. And, you know, there's some things I want back. Obviously, the interception, I want to take that away. And then maybe one other missed throw. Other than that, I think uh, I did pretty well. Um, but it's back to work this week. Started watching film on Ottawa. Um, and then get get back to practice tomorrow, wipe it out of our memory bank, and uh, go back to work. I, I don't know what the situation is and what they've told you and what you can share with us, but do you know what's happening at your position uh, coming up to start the game on, on Friday? I do not know yet. Um, I'm going to prepare like I'm the starter this week, and whatever happens, happens. Uh, interesting day, obviously, today. Uh, the quarterback room changes a bit with, with Kyle Loxley being released and Trey Ford's obviously going to come back onto the, onto the roster now. Uh, some adversity yesterday. Obviously, the third quarter was what cost you guys more than anything else. Uh, a, a guy leaves today via being released. Just talk to me a little bit about dealing with the inverse, adversity of everything that's happened in the last you know 24 hours and an 0-3 start on top of that this season. Uh, I imagine, as 
someone told me this week, the air is pretty heavy around there right now. Tom, talk about the feeling uh, around your team and your teammates. Yeah, I think, uh, like I said yesterday, I think it's important. I mean, we're 0-3, and it's not fun um, right now, and it's not a good feeling. But at the same time, no one quit last night. And I think that's very important to understand, um, and it's very encouraging um, that we have a team like that. I think we have a really good close group knit of guys, and it's just a bunch of good dudes. And I think we just once we put one together um, and get rolling, I think we'll change the season around. I don't think it's too late to do that. Um, there's still 15 more games to play. There's a lot of football to play, um, and we might be down right now, um, but I don't think it's going to last long. And we've got a bunch of uh, resi- resilient group, and I think um, we'll turn it around eventually. You've been a part of this team since the start of training camp, uh, through training camp, the preseason, and the first two weeks uh, of the season. You weren't on the roster, but you're obviously around and, and, and watching and learning. Tell me about what you saw about this team and what you learned about this team while you were watching for two weeks. Yeah, I think I was just really trying to learn from Taylor mostly. Um, he's been in the league for a little bit, um, and I was just trying to soak up as much quarterback knowledge as I could, and then at the same time watching another team, I'm still learning the CFL game. Um, so there's little different rules here and there that um, I'm like, wait, what's the rule here? And get more details on that. Um, and then, you know, we got receivers, we got playmakers. Um, and once we get the, if we can get the, those guys the ball and in space and let them work, um, we're going to be more successful on offense. And I think we've, you know, narrowed some of the stuff we do on offense, made it easier instead of complex where we can just line up and go play uh the uh the elks are getting set to go to ottawa have you had a look at uh, at the red blacks yet very much and, and what to expect from them defensively yes sir uh watched them a little bit today and um you know they're a good football team good club uh obviously they're 0-2 kind of in a similar situation as we are right now um so I think both teams are going to be scratching and calling, trying to get that first win on the call. You're not getting pulled over, are you? <laughs> no, I was just standing outside. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to go to something. Uh, I, I was looking at, at some of your stuff on social media, and you mentioned uh, uh, the bullet experience, which is, I believe, uh, uh, a workout uh, gym and, and more, uh, a training facility in Texas. Uh, do, you, do you know the Edmonton ties from, from Terrence Bullet? Yes, I know. Terrence is the one who trained me, and he, I know he played at Edmonton for a little bit. So did he tell you a little bit about Edmonton and what to expect? Yeah, he kind of gave me some heads up on some things. Um, kind of just told me what training camp was going to be like, what the season was going to be like, um, what the quarterback schedule was going to be like, and you know, kind of gave me a heads up stuff on that. That's cool. Uh, Terrence Bullard, of course, uh, here for 2017, I believe it was, uh, linebacker uh, with Edmonton at the time. Uh, what's the biggest difference that you're finding? You're going from, from college football to pro football. You're going from American rules to Canadian rules. Where's the big adjustment in that, you know, uh, as far as being a professional football player and, and the change in the rules? What's, what's been the biggest thing you've had to adjust to? Yeah, I think pro football, um, you know, the speed changes a little bit. Everyone's a dude on the field. Um, and then being in the CFL with the rule changes, um, it takes a little bit um, for you to, to adjust the, to the waggle, a little bit just to 12 people on the field. Maybe the defenses look different than in American or America. So um, it took a little bit just to get used to that. 
But once you get it figured out, football's football. Uh, you're going to work to, tomorrow to practice for the first day this week. Do you, do you got a little excitement? I know you're always excited to go to practice and play football, but because of what happened yesterday, you, you got a little more jump in your step as you head to Commonwealth? Yeah, I mean, definitely tomorrow I'll have a little more pep in my step um, and just ready to get back out there, ready to go back to work um, and then show them what I, what I can do this week during practice. Excellent stuff. Uh, Jared Daggy, thanks very much for your time. Congratulations on what you accomplished yesterday, and I know it uh, looks like bigger things are ahead for you, so uh, good luck with that as you go back to practice tomorrow and the rest of the year. Thanks very much for joining me tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. There you go. That is uh, Jarrett Daigie. Will he start coming up on Friday? Well, we don't know, and I don't know if we'll find out tomorrow or not. We'll see how Chris Jones plays it, if he wants to play close to the vest or if he'll come out and say, yeah, this guy's going to be my starter or that guy's going to be my starter. What we do know is Kai Loxley has been released by the team. Uh, Trey Ford will be activated by the team. They signed a couple of players today, including Josiah Shackle, former University of Alberta Golden Bear, drafted by the uh, Calgary Stampeders last uh, uh, year. So he'll be a practice tomorrow as well and we'll see how the Elks respond to a pretty disappointing loss yesterday to the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, my thanks to Jared Daigie for joining us on the Elks this week tonight as always. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy the studio producer for the show. The Elks are in Ottawa on Friday night. It's a 5.30 start 4 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott and Blake Dermott. My name is Morley Scott. I'll catch you tomorrow morning on This Morning uh, with Jalen and Daryl. It's been the Elks this week. Have a great night everybody.